We're talking about God putting us together. Our, the title of the series is Help, Help Me, Put Me Together. And so in, that, in the process, it's the cross. We feel like the cross is the answer to every situation in life. In fact, God's already provided everything that you or I will ever, ever need in our whole life is provided in the provision of the cross. The, in fact, the cross, the message of the cross, the theme of the cross, is the central theme of the whole Bible. Amen. Well, Jesus in the midst of that. Right. And so I just really believe, so I'm just looking at it in some different ways, uh, trying to see what the Holy Spirit is wanting us to understand new this year possibly about the cross or the things that God wants to rehearse again in our ears. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 18, very powerful verse of Scripture. It said, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But for us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Everybody say, to us who are being saved, the message of the cross is the power of God. And it releases that power in our life. You know, it's, it was told me as a story, and I, I feel like it probably is. I don't know if it's a link uh, of truth to it. But in the story of uh, Leonardo da Vinci and his painting of the Last Supper, the story goes something like this. The story says that Leonardo spent most of his time finding the people that would pose for his pictures. In making of his pictures, that was a thing that he would spend long lengths of time. And, and you can look at the Lord's Supper, the painting, and you can readily see the, the faces and how they depict the characters or the characteristics of that. And they said that Leonardo finally found the one that he wanted to portray Jesus. And said so that he went to that one, he agreed to do that, and he painted him as Jesus. And then seven years later, he was trying to fill the position of Judas. Now, to find Judas, he was looking for the person that showed pain and agony in his face, anger, discontent. And so he went to the prison of that day. And he went to the deepest dungeon of that prison, as the story goes. And there in the deepest dungeon of that prison, he asked the prisoner, when he saw him, it was the, truly the face that he had sought for seven years to find. And so he asked the prisoner, he said, Will you let me paint you as Judas in my painting? And his answer was, Sure, I will. But seven years ago, you painted me as Jesus. I want you to know that is the problem with sin. And that's what sin tries to do to each of our lives. Sin tries to slay us and to destroy us. But somebody say, thank God there is an answer. And it's, the answer is found in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you today about the transforming power. Last week, we talked about the uh, forgiving power of the cross. And this year, we're going to take the second part of the verse, John chapter 1, verse 9. And we're going to talk about the transforming power. Because, see, it's, it's easy for us to stay so many times when we're thinking about the cross, for us to bring to remembrance the things the cross does for us. And I tell you, we're loaded with benefits from that cross. 
And I'm just going to mention just a few. And one thing is we're reconciled back to God. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Reconciled back to God. Another thing, one of the glorious benefits of the cross is we're justified, that Jesus justified us on this cross. That means he made us just as if we had never sinned. Somebody give the Lord a praise for that. And then Jesus died for our sin. Not only did he justify us, but he died. He took my place for that sin, and he died to that sin. And not only did he die for my sin, but one of the benefits, he became my sin. You know, a lot of people always, they wrestle with that. They say, well, can I ever get free from my sin? I want you to know, your sin was placed on Christ. And Christ died in the midst of that sin. That's a wonderful, powerful promise from God. And I know that here this morning, the devil may be fooling a lot of us. He may be deceiving us. He may be trying to let us or try to tell us the lie that we're hooked and we'll never get free. Somebody just point at the cross right where he said point at the cross and say, devil, I can be free because of that cross. Amen. Amen. And uh, then he atoned for our sin. He reconciled us back to God. And these are just a few of the benefits I'm mentioning just briefly here. He canceled our debt of sin. Isn't that the most wonderful thing? I pray with people a lot and they're worried about their sin. That even though that Jesus has forgiven them, there's that sense of guilt associated with it. And in that sense of guilt, they always feel that they'll have to pay for that sin. Oh, thank you. Ernest, man, you are a blessing to me. You saved the old man. Thank you. <laughs> and they always feel that they'll have to pay a price, even though God forgives them. And a lot of times it's a life of torment if a person thinks that. Because they're always looking for their sins to be visited in their children or their sins to be visited. But I'm here to tell you that not only did Jesus forgive you, he paid your price out. He bought you out of that thing. Amen? And then another benefit is that Jesus healed us on the cross. That's why he said in the book of 1 Peter that, that by his stripes we were healed. So all of these are powerful benefits, including uh, I have 22 listed. I just gave a few. I have 22 benefits listed right here on this page. But I don't want to just talk about the things that the cross does for you. I want to talk to you a few minutes this morning about what the cross does in us. Because what the cross does in us really qualifies us for what the cross does for us. Amen. So we're going to look at that just for a bit this morning. Amen? The, what the cross done is. First John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins. Isn't that a powerful verse? Man, that is such a powerful verse. If we confess our sins. What does that Bible say? That he's faithful and just. Somebody shout every time. That means every time God is faithful to forgive us, but not only to forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, last week I dealt with that area on forgiveness. This week I want to talk about the effect. I want to talk about the cleansing power of that cross that God's able to bring into the midst of our life. So God forgives us. 
All right, the cross is the first thing we've got to, uh, we've got to constantly increase our knowledge and our wisdom in the power of the cross. And one thing that we need to consistently tell ourselves is that the cross is the basis of all change in my life. I know the world would try to get us to look at every other source as being the sources of change. But I'm going to tell you, why would we give up the best source? And the cross is the best source for change. It's the best source for provision. And it's the best source for protection. Amen. All of that is combined in the power of that cross. So God, this morning, he stands as the source of all change. He stands as the source of all provision. And then the source. Now, each of us, what I've talked about, what Christ has done for us, is positions that he has freely given to us. He has made me accepted. I tell you what, if you want to read about the cross, you take the book of Ephesians that's located in your New Testament, and you begin to read the book of Ephesians, and you read all six chapters there. And it's full of talking about the position that God has already granted you. You're not trying to be saved. How many know that God's already granted you that through the faith and belief that you have in the Lord? You're not trying to be, you're not trying to be righteous. You know why? Because God has already given you the position of righteousness. And God, and you're not trying. See, all of that that we try for so ever, the good old boys try for in this life, that God, out of his goodness, he has already granted us. Everybody say completely granted us that position with him. Now, in the book of Ephesians, I want to read several verses out of it because it's so powerful. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Verse 18 said that the very eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we can know what the hope of our calling and what the riches of his glories and inheritance in the saints is. And what's the exceeding greatness? Notice what it says in verse 19. And to know what's the exceeding greatness of his power toward us. See, it's not only important for us to realize what God has forgiven me for. But I must know, also know, if I'm going to get the benefit that God intended from that cross, I must know what's the exceeding greatness of his power. That he intends to come on my life from the power of that cross. Amen. Verse 20 says, Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand. Verse 21, it says, Far above. And that's the place that God the Father has seated Jesus. And he deserved the position, the greatest sacrifice, the greatest one. Lord Jesus Christ, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. I'm going to tell you what. If you could do life over again, you would need to have been here last Wednesday night. Because last Wednesday night, Brother William Willis gave us the most powerful message on that powerful name of Jesus and the place of his exalted position. Amen. But then in chapter 3, right, working right on real time, God is still talking the same message. After he explains all of this that had happened in him through the power of the cross and the power of his resurrection, then God said these words, And you, he made alive. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which ye once walked according to the course of this world, 
But somebody said, we don't walk that way anymore. And that's what I'm talking about, the transformation power of God. We don't walk that way anymore according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath just as others, but God. Somebody shout that, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead and trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace have we been saved. And God hath raised us up together. That in the ages to come, this is what God's speaking. That's the real realization of the power of the cross. Not only am I forgiven for my past, but God's done something for me in my future. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And then it gives us the secret. It's the secret to the power of God. It says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. You may be in an earn it mentality. You may be in a works mentality. You may feel here this morning that you're working your way to heaven. I want you to know you can't do that. There's only one way that you'll ever enter into heaven. There's only one way that you'll ever gain the power of the cross into your life. And that is simply one thing we're obligated to do. And according to John chapter, I mean, pardon me, Romans chapter 10, and that is to believe. The Bible says, if I can believe in the power of that cross. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be. What's that next word? Say, amen. Somebody give the Lord a praise offering. God made it so easy. God made it so easy that if I will believe, it will release the power of the cross into my life. Amen. Now, that's our position. But I want to talk to you this morning about the transformation power of that. Because not only did God grant me a position in Christ, but God also granted me something in me to forever change me. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it said, For God saved us and called us. I want to quickly mention to you the three tenses of salvation. The three tenses of salvation. It's important for us to know that salvation was not just a past act. Salvation is also a present act. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1, it says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. Don't you like that verse? God said, God did something in me that's going to empower me in my now. God did something in me that if I will believe that God did something in me that will empower me to do something that pleases him now. And that's what it says. It simply says that God saved me. Everybody say in the past. God did for something in the past, the cross, and that he's called me now to have the power to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, <laughs> but because that was his plan. Or Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. But this man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, and from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. 
For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Boy, it's the play on tenses. In fact, that word perfected is also that word sanctified. God sanctified. God gave me a position of sanctification. So I could then be in process of sanctification. And God said, if I can just believe it, I can receive it. If I can believe that God gave me something that gave me a position of sanctification, sanctified, that empowers me now to live out a sanctified life. I call this the other side of the cross. Now, I love the position of the cross, and that's really what we talked about last week. I love to gain what God gave me in my position But God gave me a position in Him that's empowering me against the devil today. And if I will simply believe it, not only has God God called me to to serve a holy God, but I found out God's also called me with the power to live a holy life. One thing that will sadden your life is to have Jesus in your life and live like the devil. In fact, there is a place in the Bible that even refers to that almost as a cursed life. Well, I can't really say that, but I'm going to tell you what, I've known a lot of people that tried that, including me. And the life that we end up living wasn't really worth living. It wasn't empowered by God. But there is another thing I can believe. And that is that when Jesus saved me, he put something in me according to the book of John chapter 2. In fact, the Bible even says it like this. That he that is saved cannot sin. I'm shocked at that. Because his seed remains in me. God put something in me that will never allow me to be comfortable in sin again. God put something in me that will now will never allow me to partner up with the devil and be comfortable again. That doesn't mean a believer don't crawl in bed with the devil every once in a while, but I want you to know you'll never love it. You'll never enjoy life. Nothing will ever work out if you want the blessings of God in your life, and that's when you receive that seed that's been engrafted in. I tell you what, that seed's the powerful seed that God's put in us. That seed that God puts in us, it, it accomplishes the exact thing that the book of Acts talks about where it says that Jesus was manifested in the flesh to destroy the works of the devil. That's what that seed is put in you to do. That seed is put in you to destroy the works of the devil. And wherever it is that the devil's trying to torment your life and take away from you, whatever that the devil's trying to do to destroy your life, Gary, I just rejoice with y'all what God did for mom this past year because the Lord would not allow that cancer to destroy you. 
Amen. God put that seed. There's something in the life of believer that rises against the footprints of the devil. Every time that you see the devil approaching your life, there's something inside you. It's that seed. Everybody say, it's that seed of God. One version calls it, it's the life of God. When Jesus saved you, not only did he give you a position in heaven, but God gave you something that's inside you that won't quit, that will never allow the devil to rule you again with comfort. You will never allow that that seed that's in you, it will fight the devil, 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 it will fight the devil until it destroys the work that the devil is trying to do against your life. Amen. Now, you know, my concern and the reason I'm preaching this message is because the Bible tells me in the book of Jude, when it's talked about this wonderful salvation, it tells me to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That word content is a warfare term. Now, I love the rest that my position brings to me. But not only has God called me to find a rest in my position, God's called me to find a warrior as I begin to fight against the enemy. Amen. Amen. So he said, contend. One of the major strategies of the devil, the Bible says in the last day, is to try to cause a form of godliness that will deny the power of God. That's one of the major strategies. Because you know why? Because the devil is so afraid of the power of the cross. Now, the devil lets you do a lot of things in your life, honey. But when you begin to concentrate on the power of God and you begin to believe in the cross and the power of that cross, you're going to make the devil so frightened. Because the devil knows he may can defeat you, but he'll never defeat that cross. And when you begin to put your faith and believe in the power that's in that cross, you become that locked inside that cross. You see, the Bible calls it in Christ. You become locked inside that thing. You literally become a dynamite vessel for God. And God will begin to use you to destroy the works of the enemy. Amen. Now, now like I said, there's, there's several areas that, that, that I became concerned. I'm just going to mention seven of them, okay? I'm very concerned that theology will replace Revelation. I'm concerned. What are we talking about? Form of godliness, but have no power. Now, I love theology, but I'm going to tell you what, there's nothing you're going to ever get in that noodle that's going to surprise, that's going to surpass the revelation that God can give you. Amen. And I tell you what, the Lord is, Lord is speaking into people. What, the, the, into your life, into your situation, into your... I love the... I love theology. I love to study theology. I love, I love the biblical things. I love to get that knowledge. But I can never allow that knowledge to surpass the power of the revelation that God can give in His Word. 
I've watched the littlest saint that seemingly had no power at all. God began to give that little saint a scripture. I've watched that same little saint take that one little scripture and totally defeat the powers of darkness that were ranged against them. I've watched that same little saint defeat the powers of darkness that was coming against their family. Honey, it's just not in theology. It's in a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is not a person, many of you may or not can go away to a theological seminary, but there's not a one of you that can't find a chair to bow down before your Lord and receive the powerful revelations right from heaven. God can reveal to you things that can totally and completely change your whole life for the glory of God. Amen. So it's, it's that concern. And then to replace education, to replace character. It's wonderful to know. It's wonderful to get knowledge. But I'm going to tell you what. It can never, ever... You can't prove what you know. You have to live what you know. You have to be able to live it. What God develops is, is the change in a person. What the cross is, cross has come in to transform us inwardly. To transform us into a different person. The God has come in to transform us into a different individual. I tell you what, I've watched people that live life of hatred. The moment they accepted Jesus, all of a sudden they became filled up with a love life. And the love of Jesus just began to flood their soul. I don't care what you've been through. You can go to self-help books, honey, all you want to. And I love self-help books. I'm not saying anything against them. But they're not the best source. The best source is the cross of Jesus. Jesus can heal in a moment what the devil has taken away from you in all your life. Jesus is the answer. Amen. Now I'm concerned over psychology replacing true discernment. Concerned over that. I'm concerned over what psychology will try to do. To, to I tell you what, there, there's just something about the Holy Spirit. When you come by way of the cross... You gain the power in your life that really creates within you the power flow of God. And you will begin to sense things and begin to know things. You'll begin to hear things. You'll begin to read things. And you'll begin to understand things. You'll begin to walk in a wisdom that's so far above the world, honey. And it all comes by virtue of the power of that cross. God doing something in you that is so supernatural that will be able to surpass whatever the world could pour into you for a lifetime. I'm not against. I'm here telling you there is a greater source that we can never, ever let the church of Jesus forget. God is a supernatural, powerful God. And we must remain a preacher of the cross no matter what the world says, no matter how the world says that we're foolish, no matter how the world laughs at it. We must stay a preacher of the cross because the Bible says that if I allow the preaching of the cross to come down and be lowered to just the wisdom of the world, the cross will have no power. But if I will believe in the power of the cross and remain a preacher of the true power, then God will allow his power to minister into this world. Amen. Amen. Program. This one I fight every Sunday, every Wednesday night. How a program tries to take the place of supernatural leading of the Holy Spirit. A supernatural direction. And how programs will fight that, resist that. Do you know the Bible says the carnal mind is enmity against God. 
We spend a lifetime educating an enemy of God. You hear what I'm saying? A carnal mind is an enemy of God. And we spend a lifetime educating a carnal... Now, I'm not talking about wisdom. I'm not talking about knowledge. I'm not talking about that. But the carnal mind is that is self-reliance apart from God. And if you are developing some type of thinking that, that feels like you can do it, I can make it, I can accomplish it, I can work it all out, that's apart from God, honey, that I want you to know, then you're empowering the very enemy of God. And then we wonder why we don't have the power of God in our life. And like I said, we spend a lifetime empowering the enemy. Because the Bible says, I don't care whether that mind's in me or is in you. If it's carnal, if it's a mind that's thinking about this world apart from God, if it's a mind that's thinking about this thing in its existence apart from God, then it has become the enemy of God. And it will fight God. It will fight the power of God. And the goal of the devil is to totally do away with the power of the cross to bring the wisdom of God down to us a humanistic form of thinking to be a, because he's scared of the power of the cross. Did you know the devil wants this age to continue forever? Do you know the Bible says he's the God of this age? The devil wants it, but you know why? Because he's not a God of the next age. You understand? He's only a God. The devil is only a God of this age. The prince and power of this air. But if we will allow the power of that cross, we will be able to shine in this age and it will open the door to the next age for the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. It brings reason. Our elegance and, and being proper will replace the supernatural power of God. Now, if, if you work with me, you know, I, I plan down to the very moment of everything. Hey, y'all not putting my words up there, are you? Are they putting my words up there? Those are, don't put my notes up there. <laughs> but they, but being, having a form of elegance and having a, a, a form of being proper. What, what, what they do, they fight against the supernatural power of God. I wrestle with that. How many of you wrestle with that? I mean, there's, there has to be an order to life. But how do we allow order of life without interfering with the supernatural flow of God? Amen. Right. Then the last one. We'll allow laws to replace real love. We'll, we'll allow laws to replace real love. Because, see, I can, I can develop. If you don't watch me very close, I'll develop what you're supposed to dress in, how you're supposed to look, and how you're supposed to talk. And I'll tell you in a moment how to do to be in God. And all the time, it replaces the compassion, genuine love. That doesn't mean people don't need to dress right and people to live right. 
You understand what I'm telling you? But any time that I take the lesser and elevate it to the major, then I'm in a place of problem. But what the, what the enemy's trying to do in the process of all of this, the enemy is trying to take the power of God out of the cross. But we refuse to allow it to be so. Amen? Now, the power of, everybody say, the power of cross comes by way of believing and by way of promise. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, somebody says, Jerry, I, I don't seem like anything's working out in my life. All that I have, all I have is a promise. I'm here to tell you, honey, if you have got a promise from God and you can have the guts to believe it, God is obligated to bring it to pass in your life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for all the promises of God have been fulfilled in Christ. Every promise of God is yes and amen. If you can find a promise in that Bible and, and if you're willing to meet its requirements, and then if you're willing to stand and believe, then God has said, I'm willing to pour out my power into it. So today, then we can believe. All right, 1 John chapter 3, verse 7. It says, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. Now, we know that word is not sins there. It's the original Greek is in the form. It means continually sins. That's why I'm telling you that you can't keep living the way the world wants you to live and find comfort in God. You can't find peace in God. Amen. All right, in verse 9 it says, Whoever has been born of God does not sin. Why? Because that powerful seed is remaining in him. I want you to quickly think about, as we close here, I want you to think about the seed. Jesus talked about that seed that he was going to be able to share and give out. Now, he said that that seed is the word. And in that seed, he said, there's going to be those that he would invest that seed in and said the fowls of the air would come and immediately take away that that God has sown. What that speaks to me about is the enemy and the spirits of darkness that try to war against our soul. You may be allowing the enemy to have things in your life that you know in your deepest heart that that's not right and it shouldn't be so. And apart from the grace of God, you find yourself powerless, powerless under addictions, powerless under anger, powerless under emotions that try to pull you away from God. You can allow that seed in you. That seed that will not be satisfied until it conquers the very thing that's trying to conquer you. This morning, you can just determine, I'm not going to let that devil steal the seed out of my heart. Whatever it is that the enemy has sent to try to control my life whatever it is that the enemy has sent to try to destroy my life I'm not going to stop that seed in me
The Bible says that really the transforming power of the cross comes into our life by presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice before the Lord. You can't allow the enemy to have control of your body and present your body as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Whatever it is that's trying to destroy your body, whatever it is that's trying to gain control, God said through the power of the cross you can come to a place of surrender and then we can transform ourselves, the Bible says, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. The enemies convinced some of you of his strength in your life. He convinced some of you of your need for those things in your life. But I want you to know, Jesus is here today through the preaching of the cross to totally declare, if you will begin to pull your thoughts up out of the gutter, if you will begin to exalt your thoughts to the way that Jesus is thinking about that, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God has made you a more than a conqueror. God's power in you is greater match than any power the devil would ever try to use against you. There is no bondage that can hold you. There is no temptation that can destroy you. There is nothing that can pull you away. You've got the power invested in you to rise up and destroy Satan's power off your life. Then Jesus said, the other one is with the, when that seed goes in to people that just love the world too much, the cares of this life will begin to choke it. You've got to allow yourself to come apart. You, Jesus said, you cannot be apart. Or, or, it's in the third John, which Paul, or John, said, you cannot allow yourself to be, to have the thoughts of the world. You don't need the world, honey. The world may have spent a lifetime trying to convince you of your need. You don't need the world. What you need is Jesus and the willingness to allow your life to be sanctified, to become apart from that world and be joined together with Jesus. God has plan and purpose. I want every senior here to know this. God has a plan for you, honey. God has a path for you. And you don't need the world to bring it. It doesn't need to offer you things to bring it to pass. If you will follow the narrow path that God puts before you, it won't be long. You'll look back on your path and you'll say, how in the world did I get here? How in the world did God accomplish this? And you will give glory to God because it was the power of the cross that was able to produce in your life. Amen. Amen. So we just determined I'm not going to give cares to the world. I'm going to break these bondages off my life. I'm not going to allow I'm not, not going to allow the other thing that Jesus mentioned as far as it had the power to, to destroy that effectiveness of that word was when you can't handle battles. You can't handle battles. The troubles of this life get you down. And many of us, we're right there in the midst of that. But I'm here to tell the devil today, the cross has power. And I'm not going to let that trouble get me down. We'll step over that trouble and we'll head to the next trouble or we'll head to the next. But one thing for sure, this battle is not going to destroy me. God's power is going to destroy that battle. Amen. Great victories. There's not a one of us, there's not a one of us that don't want to experience great victories in our life. 
But great victories only come into our life after great battles. We have to be willing to allow the power of that cross to fight for us. Honey, I don't care what's got you boxed up. I don't care what has got you boxed into a corner and you feel like there's not a way out. I want to offer you this morning the opportunity to believe. And that's the, that's the ability to believe in the power of that cross. Begin to get your mind under control. Begin to declare there's nothing that's come against me that the power of Christ cannot handle. There's nothing that's come to destroy me that the power of Jesus cannot destroy. There's nothing that's coming against me that I can't conquer in the name of Jesus. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to realize God's called us to contend for that faith. That same faith that our former fathers had, that same faith that would believe God for miracles in the midst of horrible circumstances, that same faith that would believe for provision when there's seemingly no provision allowed there, that same faith that would believe God to heal that when there was no healing to be found. God said, contend for that same kind of faith. Use the power of that cross and contend with it until you win it, honey, for the glory of God. There's not a person here that God doesn't have a win for us. God has a win for us. Say that with me out loud. God's got a win for me. God wants me to win this health battle. God wants me to hand this relationship battle. God wants me to win this circumstance. God wants me to win this. And nothing that the devil can throw at me is stronger than that cross. It may be stronger than me, but it's not stronger than that cross. That cross can defeat it. That cross can handle it. That cross can, can move it out of my way. Through the power of that cross, I've totally this morning come to depend on the power of that cross changing my situation in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the power of that cross. Lord, we just got to let you be supernatural. Lord, if I'm going to not allow the wisdom of this world to pull the power of that cross, I, I've just got to let you be supernatural, Lord. Lord, I must come to the place to where I allow you to be the supernatural, powerful God that you are. And Lord, whatever I'm walking through, whatever, Lord, whatever's been thrown against me, whatever storm that I'm facing, God, I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you. We talked about the cross. The first, first thing, we're just going to sing a song. We're going to worship the Lord about it. First of all, we need to allow the cross to do what it does best, and that is forgive us. If you're here this morning and you need the forgiveness of the cross in your life, if you need the forgiveness of the Lord, I want you to simply stand right where you're seated. Would you do that with me in this place? If you need the forgiveness of the Lord, that's the first way. what the cross does best. What the cross does best. Now you, now you, by you standing, so some of you may need to sit back down because you know of known sin that you need to ask God for giving you. You know of known sin. Let's, let's ask God together. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you. Lord, I have known sin in my life. 
Lord, I need your forgiveness. And I come to you, Lord, on the basis of 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And it says, if I confess my sin, that you will be faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord, in Jesus' name, I ask your forgiveness. I ask you to cleanse me. And I receive by faith right now, Lord, your forgiveness and your cleansing. And there may be someone here this morning that possibly you say, Jerry, I'm not sure I've ever surrendered to that cross. I'm not sure I've ever surrendered. But this is the morning for it. This is the day that God has chosen. We don't care what people think. All we care of about is what God thinks. If you're not sure that you've surrendered to that cross and you say, Jerry, I want to surrender. I want to surrender everything. You may have said, you know, I've tried praying a prayer. I've tried doing a lot of things, but I'm not sure I've ever surrendered. But this morning, I want to surrender. If that's you, I want you to slip out from your seat and I want you to come here and join me here right now. your heart and you come this morning to surrender your life to the Lord I'm going to invite you just I'm going to invite everybody here to pray that with you too we've all been there we all had to come by way of that cross would you pray with me would you say Father in Jesus name I come to surrender my life to the cross of Jesus Christ I believe you, Jesus. I believe that you live. And I believe this morning that you love me. I ask you to come into my life. Change me forever. Never let me be the same, God. From this moment forward, I make a commitment to live a surrendered life before you. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. And thank you for your power that will help me every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh!